in your Bibles, Philippians chapter 3, as we continue on in our study of the book of Philippians. If you're using one of the chair Bibles, it's going to be on page 981. 981, Philippians chapter 3. And to get our brains going this morning, I want you to think about football. Some of you are like, no problem, already there. (laughs) So, you've got two teams. You've got to choose one. Now, today is easy, because the Seahawks are playing the Packers, and you all know my views of Wisconsin. So, that was for you guys. Yeah, thanks. But the way that it works is you pick a team to root for and you want your team to win, but you have to pick a team to win because both teams can't win. There's going to be a winner and a loser. Again, today it's, it's pretty easy because of the Packers, but I had to throw in another one. But today, in the same way, Paul is going to give us a choice between two teams. The Philippian church, the believers to whom he is writing, have a choice of which team to follow. There's a group of people over here, a group of people over here. One's right, one's wrong. They can't both be right. And the Philippians have a choice. Am I going to follow Paul and his team? Or am I going to follow these other teachers and their team? But the stakes are a little bigger, even than Seahawk football. The stakes are life and death. Because one team will lead you to Jesus, and the other team will lead you away from Jesus. And so the choice put to us is that same choice. Will I pick the team that leads me to Jesus or will I pick the team that leads me away from Jesus? There's no third path. There's no fourth path. There's no hundredth path. There are two paths. And we must make a decision. So today, if you're following along in your bulletin, you're going to see our big idea there. Follow leaders with an eternal perspective who will lead you to Christ. Choose life. Choose the leaders who will lead you closer to your Savior. So our text this morning, first we're going to see, join my team in verse 17. Follow along as I read. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. We have already seen this theme throughout the book of Philippians that that we will follow a leader, whether we think we will or not. And, And to live the Christian life, we need more mature people in our lives to show us the way. 
And one of the greatest tools we have been given is leaders or role models that we can imitate. And so as they follow Christ, we follow them to follow Christ. They have a pattern of life, of following Jesus that we imitate. And again, if, if, you, if you think about it for any amount of time, you'll understand that, that we imitate somebody. The question is, is who are we going to imitate? And if you think you don't imitate anyone, you're just wrong. Sorry. And so you got to pick. Who are you going to follow? And Paul says, join my team. Follow me and follow the people who are following me. Look what he says. Join in imitating me because, because I want to lead you to Jesus. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Now, I want you to think about Paul. He's writing to different churches. He's writing them letters because he is a missionary and he went to a place, he planted the church, shared the gospel with people for the first time, and then established the church and set up leaders to lead that church. And then he left. And so Paul has a relationship with all of these different churches. But guess what? Paul can only be in one place at a time. Paul's probably a great leader, but even the best leader can only be in one place at one time. I have tried to be in more than one place at a time. It doesn't work. And so what do you need to do? You need to set up leaders to be the example you would be if you were there. This is why it is so important that we are always working ourselves out of a job. Because we're not always going to be there. And we need someone to be there when we can't, for whatever reason we can't. Maybe God moves us across the country. Maybe the Lord takes us home. But for one reason or another, there will come a time when you are not here. And Paul knew that. Paul said, I can't be everywhere leading everyone. And so he invested in leaders. He invested in people who could carry on the work of leading people to Christ. And so he says, imitate me, what you know of me, that relationship we had when I was there, imitate that. Imitate my following Jesus. But then also, imitate these leaders whose job it is to show you how to imitate Jesus. Because you're going to follow someone, follow the right people. Follow the ones who will lead you to Christ. But why, why is this such a problem? Why does he feel the need to encourage them to follow him and to follow those who follow him in following Jesus? Here is a grim reality. There are leaders who will lead you away from Jesus. 
We live in a fallen and broken world. And so there are people who may even claim to follow Jesus, but who want to lead you away from him. And so the question for us becomes, how do I know the difference? You think about this local church in Philippi. There there are some leaders who are saying, you know, Paul is, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And there are others that are saying, no, we need to stick to what Paul said. And so the question becomes, how do we know who to follow? And so in the rest of the verses, we're going to look at two types of leaders, and we're going to answer the question, how can I tell a godly leader from an ungodly leader? How can I tell a leader who leads me to Jesus as opposed to a leader who leads me away from Jesus? And so we'll look at two teams this morning. The first of those, if you see in your outline there, point B, is team enemy of the cross. Look at verses 18 and 19. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their, they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So the first thing I want you to see about Team Enemy of the Cross, this group of leaders that will lead you away from Jesus, there's a lot of them. Look at verse 18. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears. Just because someone claims a title or claims leadership does not mean necessarily that they are a leader who will lead you to Christ. And we need to be on guard. We need to be on guard for people who are leading us away from Jesus. But it's even worse than that. Look at the verse again. And now tell you even with tears. There is a sadness that Paul has in the very existence of these false teachers. Why? Why would he be sad about this? I think the best understanding of why he is in tears over this is that these are people who claim to follow Jesus at the beginning. I think Paul has tears about these false teachers because Paul was there when they claimed to believe in Jesus. But they have shown through their lives that they have no relationship with Jesus Christ. They were wolves in sheep's clothing. And now they have shown that they are in fact wolves. And so when we talk about this idea of evaluating leaders and, and, and recognizing that there is a sense in where we must do some judging, we don't do so with arrogance, we don't do so with pride, but we do so with tears that people would lead people away from Jesus. My first response is not anger, my first response is sadness that someone is preventing someone else from following Jesus. 
but they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. How they live is totally against what Jesus did. Now, in previous verses, we saw that a part of this, in a way that they were an enemy of the cross, is they changed what it meant to be a believer in Jesus. So they were saying, for example, you had to believe in Jesus and get circumcised. You had to believe in Jesus and become Jewish. And they added all this stuff to believing in Jesus. So it was Jesus plus whatever. And so in adding to the gospel, they completely changed it because we know that we are saved by the grace of God through faith alone in a Savior who died for me. And I did nothing to earn it. It wasn't that I I had Jesus' help and then my good work sort of completed the puzzle. That they cooperated. and, And so I was good enough, plus Jesus was good enough, and so we had a good enough, good enough. But in adding to the gospel, they took everything of power from the cross and made the cross nothing more than an event that happened in history. When in fact the cross is the only thing that saves you. But how do you know? How do you know that someone is leading you away from Jesus? How do you know that someone is completely against the message of the cross? You answer a couple questions. I'm going to give you three questions from this text that help you spot a leader who is leading you away from Jesus, and then we're going to use those same questions to say, how do I know someone is a leader who is leading me to Jesus? Okay, so here's the first question. Who or what is their God? This idea of what is the greatest thing in their life by which they make all decisions and they find their passion in? What is the first central thing in their life? So let's look at verse 19 to answer that question. These, the, the people that are these, these enemies of the cross, what is their God? Their God is their belly. Now this doesn't mean that they're just fat and that you should only follow skinny leaders, I'd be in a little trouble. But but what does it mean? Here's what it means. The belly there is used to represent our appetites, our desires. And Paul is saying, you recognize a false teacher, you recognize an ungodly leader by their life is driven by things and consuming things. They're driven by stuff and status and popularity and things that they want and consume. One author has said that the belly represents the fleshly impulses. I want what I want and that's what drives me. 
I will get the things that I want. And that's the thing by which I make every decision. So that's their God. It's their stuff. And the things that they want and desire. And boy, is this not an easy trap for us in our country. This is an easy trap because there is so much stuff we can get. (laughs) We have so much stuff. I remember moving out here and I kept asking the mover, this is a normal amount of stuff, right? Like, this is what most people have, right? He was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then five minutes later, I'd ask him, this is an okay amount of stuff, right? (laughs) But part of it is understanding how much we've been blessed and how much we, in fact, have and deciding not to let that run my life. I had a friend at our previous church and he told me one day, he was a guy, Mr. Fix-It, if anything needed to get done, he would do it. He was in charge um, at one of the large corporations of taking care of all the grounds and building, oversaw all of it for years. Other towns would ask him to come and look at their infrastructure. That's who this guy was. And one day he came up to me and he said, Jim, Here's how God's been working on my heart. I need to let people use my stuff more. (laughs) I need to let them borrow things from me. I need to use my pickup truck to help them. And, And I thought that was awesome. Because he was recognizing that his things had too much of a grip on his heart. Now, that didn't necessarily mean he had to get rid of it. But at a very minimum, it meant I had to use my stuff to help others. And in that way, it took second place. And it didn't need to be first place in his life. But when you see a leader that only cares about what they want and what they need and what they can get. You are seeing someone who will lead you away from Jesus. Secondly, the question we need to ask is, what is their goal? What do they want out of life? If you look at the end of verse 19, Paul says they have their minds set on earthly things. They do not have a view of anything past their death. They do not have what we call an eternal perspective. Everything is about what can I do and get now. No care about what happens after we die. Again, 
if your goal is just consuming and getting what you want, that will lead you away from Jesus. Because the Christian life is bigger than this life. The Christian life includes this life, but is so much more. What we do, I mean, I was so pleased to hear the stories from Juana. Because a simple story told to a child about Jesus changes eternity. There is more than just what we can see. And so, so we can give up our time even though, even though we're, not, we're not really always excited to, to run around and, and read stories to children because we're tired. I get that. I've heard kids can make you tired sometimes. <laughs> not mine, though, but I've heard. I've heard. I've heard a story once. It was online, so it must be true. But... <laughs> But we do these things because we believe that there's more. That we love the kids here. We take care of them while, while we have them. But then we also share the good news of Jesus, and that affects eternity. But again, if your goal is just here, if your mind is only set on the here and the now and the stuff I can get, if that's all you're living for, then that's not going to lead you to Jesus. Your life is more than the stuff that you have. It's bigger. And I want you to actually live. I don't want you to settle for less Don't set your minds. Don't only focus on what is here and now. Think bigger. Think eternity. Thirdly, related to that, the third question is, what is their outcome? Back to verse 19. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame. If someone is leading you away from Jesus, they are also walking away from Jesus. And anyone who walks away from Jesus in the end will find judgment. We don't say that arrogantly. We don't say that with any pride. But here's what we know. Only, life can only be found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you're, you're literally walking down a dead end. What you need to know is that if a leader is leading you away from Jesus, they're leading you away from life. And they're leading you down a dead-end path of destruction. That's why we call people back. 
turn around from that path. Because we don't want anyone to face that judgment. But we know it's there. And it's a warning. I mean, this is meant to warn. Don't follow those people because they are leading you straight to hell. Now, in in verse 19, it also says, and they glory in their shame. We need to think about what that means. It means that what they find pride in, that what they boast about, in the end, will be found out to be worthless. And so everything that they thought made them so great, if it's not Jesus, in the end, it's going to be shown for what it is. It's going to be like building your house on some sand. It's just going to give way. And in the end, all things will be brought to light. And the things that they're so proud of, the things that they think will give them a relationship with God, if it's not Jesus Christ, will be shown to be phony when Christ returns. One writer put it this way, the apostle could then be saying that they glory in these things, namely their circumcision and spiritual experience, but it will turn out to be their disgrace at the final judgment. You have to be warned. If someone is leading you away from Jesus, they are leading you away from life and towards judgment. But not so the leaders that Paul has trained. I'm calling these guys Team Citizen of Heaven. Let's look at verses 20 and 21. So again, you have a choice. You can choose those guys or you should choose these guys. Look at verses 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So again, the three questions. How do you know someone is worth following and will lead you to to Christ? First, who is their God? With false teachers, it was their belly. But here, the God is Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, recognizing that the God in my life must be a savior because I cannot save myself. You can never be good enough to save yourself. You can never be good enough to be in relationship with a holy and righteous God. You need a savior. And so you want a leader that recognizes their sin and their need of a Savior. 
and that that Savior has come in Jesus Christ. But the godly leader will also recognize that Jesus is his Lord. That Jesus is his king. You see that in verse 20 there. But our citizenship is in heaven. If you, if you belong to Christ, you are a part of his country. And he is your king. And he is the Lord Jesus Christ. The godly leader recognizes that he must obey his king. The godly leader says, if, if Jesus said it, I need to do it. It's, it's, it's an external way that we can recognize that someone really has a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so you can ask yourself the question, is, is this person calling me to obey Jesus or not obey Jesus? And most of the time, it's pretty clear what Jesus is asking. The problem is doing it. We want leaders who will show us the way to follow Jesus and will help us understand that we need him as our Savior. If, if a leader is not telling you you are a sinner in need of the grace of God, they are not leading you to Jesus. If they are not holding out that we can find forgiveness and the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ, they're not leading you to Jesus. But what is their goal? So if Jesus is their God, what is their goal? Their goal is eternity. Their goal is faithfully persevering in living a life that pleases Jesus, which ultimately finds its end in being with their Savior for eternity in heaven. So we, we live here, we work here, but our final home is in heaven. The Christian actually understands the full breadth of human experience. The unbeliever only recognizes the here and now. The Christian understands the here and now and the hereafter. And what I do now affects eternity. And so I'm not just, I'm not just consumed by consuming now. I live in a way that will affect eternity. So I have to live for more than myself. For the first part, I, I want to see my friends and family and my neighbors with me in heaven. If my goal is to get to heaven, I want other people to come with me too. If I really understand that that's, that's, that's what we're going to. In one sense, we are passing through on our way to our home. And so it changes how you live. You invest in those who will be in here after you're gone. You invest in those so that they can join you in paradise with Jesus. 
You lead people to Jesus so that they can see their Savior face to face for eternity. Which leads us to the third question, what is their outcome? Verse 21, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Here is the outcome for the believer. A resurrection body that is perfect. No sickness, no pain, doesn't wear down with age. It is a perfect body. That's the outcome for those who follow Jesus. And, and we know we can have that because he already did it. Look at the end of verse 21. By the power that enables him, or that our lowly body, to be like his glorious body. So just as Jesus was raised and had a resurrection body, so too we will have a resurrection body, which is full of life. See the contrast? Death and life. And that resurrection body, we will be in heavens, in the new heavens and the new earth for eternity with our Savior face to face. That's the outcome for those who follow Jesus, who go after him instead of away from him. And we will live in a world completely run by our perfect King Jesus. Look at the end of verse 21. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Here's why that's a good thing. When Jesus is completely in charge, there's no more sin. There's no more pain. There's no more death. Instead of running away from Jesus, we run towards Jesus and find life and life eternal. And we follow the people who are pointing us to eternity. Who are pointing us to a Savior who loved us so much he died for us. Instead of just following their gut. Four points of application as we we close up here. Number one, follow the right leaders. There's a lot of people out there who want you to follow them many of whom you shouldn't follow. Follow a godly leader who will lead you to Jesus instead of away from Jesus. Secondly, be the right leader. Not only are you called to follow people who are following Christ, but you are also called to lead people to Christ. That you need to be able to answer, who is my God? Is my God my stuff or my Savior? Am I working just for now or am I working for eternity? Because as with everything in the Christian community, it is a two-way street. We are called to follow, but we are also called to lead One author wrote, All Christians are called upon to set a standard of talk and life that influences a new generation of converts in a godly and Christ-honoring way. 
Your leadership may look completely different than your neighbor's, but you are called to be a leader and to show someone what it means to follow Jesus Christ. So not only follow the right leaders, be the leader God has made you to be. Thirdly, make sure that the God of your life is Jesus. There are so many things that want to be our God. There are so many temptations to make even inanimate objects our God. Guard yourself from materialism. Guard yourself from consumerism. These are terrible, sneaky idols in our culture. And it is all too easy to do those acceptable sins and to be run by our things instead of using what God has given us for his glory and the good of others. And fourthly, live for eternity. There is more to this life than this life. Live in a way now that affects eternity. Work for treasure that lasts instead of treasure that rusts and fades and is stolen. Have an eternal perspective to what we are doing. That it's bigger than this. It's more. That what we do now affects eternity. And that treasure lasts. Let's pray. Father God, bring into our lives people who will show us the way to Christ. That we would avoid those who would lead us away from Jesus and lead us away from life. God, that we would understand that we are on our way to eternity and that what we do here has eternal importance. And that we would not set our minds on our things but that we would use them for your glory and the good of others. God, help us to follow the right leaders and to be the right leaders that you've called us to be. That in all things, we would show people their Savior, Jesus Christ, and that they would find forgiveness and the hope of eternal life in him and in him alone. We pray this in his name. Amen.